Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy, druids. In cars. Going to festivals. So, last night we attended the final uh, large group ritual that Reverend that Reverend Missy Ashton needed uh, to complete her um, coursework for the third circle of the clergy training program. And I thought it was interesting as we were talking after after that rite. Um, about like when her elevation might be and stuff that goes into that. And I told her, I was like, I'll be there. Like I will make, I will figure it out to make sure that I am there. Um, and so I just, a lot of times when we think about rites of passage, we talk about how meaningful it is to the person it's happening to. Um, but I think it's interesting to also think about it in how rites of passage shape a community. Yeah, and kind of how we find ourselves wrapped up in them ourselves, Mm -hmm. even though we're not the ones who are going through those rites of passage anyways. Right, like I'm super excited for her, um, and I'm interested to see how it shapes her work going forward. Um, And I don't know, like what did did you go through? Because you had weird like ordination and whatever, we're all... My ordination stuff was all weird because we were doing it completely differently. But when you moved, let's say when you moved from grove organizer to priest to senior priest, like, how would you say that shaped the community? Like, what kind of shifts did you notice? One of the things that I don't think that I was expecting, and this was particularly true in my initial consecration, what we now call ordination. We used to we used to call that the consecration. Now that's the second circle term and <laughs> it's, ordination it's is all first circle. Around, yeah. But but yeah. So when I when I became a priest, basically, um, what surprised me most about my ritual was that a whole bunch of priests that I didn't I'd never really talked to a whole lot, and I hadn't had a lot of discussion with the the way that they framed the evocations that they did. So Eric was doing nature spirits, for example, okay. and skipped it apart. And Kirk did. Kirk ran the ritual, and, and Ian and, and Sue were part of it. And, but what happened was the way that they framed their evocations were also very centered on me, and this was unexpected and also very uncomfortable for me because I, <laughs> I, I don't really I don't know what to do about that 
Um, but uh, a lot of it was about, you know, calling to the nature spirits and saying, you know, also bring your blessings onto this new priest and trying to pull that community, that community of spirits into the process as well. So it wasn't just the people making the priests, it was also the spirits all around. Yeah, I, um, they must have worked that language into like kind of what was happening, because I recall some of that during my ordination. Yeah. Um, but like the biggest shift that I noticed uh, following ordination was um, it was almost like presentational to the folk and the spirits, like, hello, please meet this new person who we are setting forth before you to do these things. Will you let them do these things? Yes, we will. Great, here they are to do these things. Like, it was very, like, presentational. Um, And I felt like it sounds like maybe the opposite of you, where it was really focused on you as, like, becoming a priest and being, like, welcomed in. For me, it was very much a, like introduction to the community like congratulations this is your job now <laughs> like yeah. um and so as far as shaping the community like it was it was a rite of passage for me but it also felt like it was this because it's all interconnected so it's like adding a adding a drop of water to a to a lake and like the ripples go out kind of yeah um where it changes just a little bit of the flow of the community and like mine was weird too because like I was acting as priest um you know months beforehand when all my stuff was approved and then the ritual wasn't until like six or eight months later and so like there was the weird like being introduced as priest made more sense I think for me because I'd been doing it and then like the transition to my second circle work um, when I was consecrated was a very conscious decision like my ordination was here you are for the whole community and my consecration like made that decision that that ritual would take place with the grove um, because like that was where I did most of my work And, and then it was funny because like it was after that second circle when it was like oh well now I'm doing a whole bunch of work for the larger community and not just the group so it was it was weird but uh, (laughs) well and the other thing was that I got a much bigger hand in planning that consecration than I got in planning that ordination as well and so I I was able to to change the focus a little bit you got ordained with two other people with two other people which was really cool and we're it's been like this neat connection to have um to share that ordination experience with them. Yeah, the, the sharing of those rites of passage, I think, is actually really useful. Like, I shared my uh, uh, initiation with Kirk, <laughs> and that was a very powerful thing for me. And it, it has it changed and deepened that relationship in, in fascinating ways. And, um, but my consecration ordination and my senior priest elevation were really just me. And so those things were were different. It was 
it was interesting too, though, to see how the Grove chose to interact with those experiences. So, for my coordination, my, my initial priesting, uh, the Grove got together and put together a cleansing and preparation right for me. And I could tell, I could feel, I could see, I could experience that it was something that was incredibly meaningful to them. And that made it more meaningful for me. And is that possibly where the, like, pre-ordination cleansing thingy grew out of, do you think? As far as I know, that was the first ex- the, the first time something of that level had been done. There were... There was, like, an armoring that had been done for folks prior okay. to, but nothing as extensive as that, as far as I know. Okay. Um, because now there's a lot of the incoming priests yes. choose a group of people to perform that... Uh, for, I think for some it's cleansing and purification, for some it's more armoring, but perform that, like, pre-ordination work for them so that's interesting how that may have shifted and like spread it's it's interesting to see how many both intentional and unintentional things about my ordinations (laughs) and elevations became things that are now done everywhere Um, in fact I I wrote the original uh, process for consecration even though I was never consecrated as a second circle priest Uh, because we didn't have a ritual for it until after I was a senior priest. And I said, well, what if we did this? And that's what we do now. I really like the second circle consecration ritual. It's kind of neat, isn't it? I really like it. It's, um, for those listening who don't know what it is, and I'm going to say my experience with it, and then I want you to be like, oh, well, here's what it actually is. (laughs) So you're essentially, you call on your allies, and then you... Um, have five members of the folk put you in a circle and they've got words that they say that I don't remember but they put you in a circle and then the circle gets closed off and you are it feels like you're in one of those giant bubble wands where like someone can lift up a circle and and the bubble comes up around you and it's in this tube and then it gets closed off so it, it feels kind of like that but you're put in this like bubbly circle with just you and your allies and like you're cut off from everyone else in the community and then you I don't know like you wait for that feeling of transformation to happen and then you break the circle and come back out into the community changed like literally you cross the threshold right of passage check yep that is precisely the intent so <laughs> to consecrate something is to cut it off from something else specifically to cut it off from the you know profane and make it sacred and we get sickles as part of that and I'm like well so we should cut the person off right so we came up with this idea to 
cut them off with sticks for the most part is what we use or dowel rods or whatever it is that we can find it's long enough that someone doesn't have to bend over and do it <laughs> because let's face it we're all getting older um, but uh, you, you draw your lines and then you set down the stick and it creates an actual a physical barrier um, around the person and then yes it is exactly that rather Turner-esque uh, phenomenon of uh, being cut off and having to move through that liminal state and breaking out of it or moving out of it and coming into the community, the communitas of, uh, of that second circle of priesthood and being welcomed back into the community after being separated out, physically separated out from it. And it all takes place in the matter of, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. We have yours on video. We can actually time it if we wanted to. Yeah. I don't know how long it felt like it took, but it probably... I'd be surprised if you stood there for more than 10 seconds. I mean, it definitely felt like several minutes, I would say. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) And, like, logically, I know that it, it wasn't, but in that, like, altered time and space. Yep. Definitely felt like it. Yeah, well, um, that's just one of those weird things about religion and well-executed ritual in general. If you do it right, you have no idea how long it took. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that it, the, the consecration specifically is this idea of removal from community and then reintroduction to community. Um, and thinking about the way that these rites of passage affect not the person it's happening to, but affect the community Um, and so when I talked about like my ordination being this introduction to the community the consecration was kind of similar in that way where it was like this reintroduction and there was definitely like there was a huge shift in um, attitude not attitude um, the way people reacted to me yeah. Um, there was a huge shift from not priest to priest. Yeah. Like, there was a huge shift in the way people just kind of interacted with me. But then there was another, like, discernible shift after consecration. It was much smaller comparatively, um, but it was definitely there. And I think it was more on the um, the larger, like, ADF community level yeah. more than the local level. Because, like, the local people are already newbie pretty well at that point um and we'd we'd gotten to the point where some of them had only known me as a priest which was um you know unusual compared to when I was first ordained so yeah <laughs> you get to know all sorts of interesting you get to have all sorts of interesting experiences with people when uh they, they start to they start to have, either if they knew you before and they kind of remember who you were before you were a priest or if they've never met that person at all. Right. And they've only known you as the priest. With the boundaries that you have to set up Yeah. as a priest, you can't you can't be the same person you were before. If you are the same person you were before, then we failed. But we haven't <laughs> failed yet. So everyone is different than they were before they were a priest. And uh, the... But yeah, the, that particular kind of interaction is also fascinating and interesting but to get back to your point um, about how it impacts community Mm -hmm. um, I I think that a lot of it has to do with 
kind of the way that we present. So we have a member of the folk present the stole, mm-hmm. for example. Um, Is the consecration also specifically members of the folk, or did I just pick members of the folk? Uh, you just pick members of the folk. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily specifically that. Okay. I wouldn't see a problem in it being that. I think originally when we did it, it was um, other priests. Okay. Um, so it's not the same way that the stole has kind of become this thing where it has to be a member of the folk. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the sickle however is one of those things that's because of the way that it's built from that original sickle everything sort of trickles down to it um, it maintains that connection with the folk as well right so but that's a topic for a different <laughs> drive I think um, I'd, I'd want to talk to someone a little bit more about that before I started spouting off on that one but um the, but that presentation of here is your priest right and then as as people level up in their priesting you know that's, that's their priest leveling up it's I, I wouldn't be so crass as to compare it to I don't know fantasy football or something <laughs> but you know it's and, and keep in mind I have no idea how fantasy football actually works no but there is a sense of like Pride in yeah. in the person that that's your person, yeah. doing the cool, good things and succeeding in what they set out to do. Yeah, like I feel that like when I ordained um, Reverend Lauren Mart, like there was definitely this feeling of like I'm so excited for you and I'm so happy that I get to be the one to do this and it's just amazing and like being happy for that. But then also watching her folk like went all out for that ritual like they were so excited and so happy for her um and so just like watching that happen is amazing yes it is (laughs) it really is and the other thing that is worth seriously noting uh from this perspective too is that we appreciate it yes like (laughs) It, it's it's awesome to watch someone geek out over your accomplishments um, and in many ways kind of see them as their own um, because what that tells me when that happens is that that person has seen themselves on a journey with me mm-hmm. um, and that is a really important and powerful thing. Well, and it not only that, but it means... When you think about it from that perspective, it means that they see value in themselves for what they've been able to contribute to my path, which means that they value the work that they are able to give to the community. Um, And so it's that whole cycle of, like, reciprocity. Like, we need them, but it also, like, we need them to know that we need them. Like, it's this, yeah, they, they play off each other. I really, I, I like watching people um, get excited about their priest or their initiate or, you know, their Grove member who ran for and became the regional druid or whatever it might be. Or when your when your Groveys finish their dedicant work yeah. and, like, get it approved. Like, 
we announce ours at whatever the next ritual is and celebrate them. And, um, I'm sure, like, I know there's been a couple people who I've been excited when they've said, oh, we just established a hearth, right? And so, like, it's just, it's part of that community and part of being a contributing member to that community. Yeah, it is a, a joyful thing watching people watching people accomplish their stuff and helping them do so and also being kind of a a significant part of that community when it happens Mm -hmm. it's just it's a lot of fun it's a whole lot of fun thanks for listening and there's more to come we welcome your ideas and questions if there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org if you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.